G'day, 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 and welcome everyone. That's our resident scaredy cat, Kate. And that's the horror junkie, Dominic. And you're listening to Shit and Bricks. A podcast where we talk shit about some scary stuff. The sort of fear your asshole knows about. As always, subscribe, rate, and review us. And don't forget to follow us on social media at Shit and Bricks Podcast. All right, drop your dax, pop a squat, and let's get into it. Lights, camera, action! <laughs> I'm recording my old yay. <laughs> You'll notice my t-shirt says go green today because it was the athletics carnival. So this is my um, costume. Although it needs an exclamation point because it just looks like a political statement. <laughs> and, and and you're also on the yellow team. <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah. No, I'm, actually, I'm on the blue team. Whoops. Um, <laughs> now I'm in green. Hi, Kate. Hi, Dom. How are you today? I'm fabulous, as always. How are you doing? I am well, thank you very much. I am excited for today's episode. To our listeners, I was just telling Dom that this will be a two-parter. I'm just going to set that up straight off the bat. I could not write about aliens for one episode. So you're going to get a little taste today, and then you get another one in a couple of weeks. Oh my goodness, it's finally happening, people. And I'm not meant to sound like an alien when I said that just then. There was a bit of a robotic <laughs> alien thing. I like it. Vibe. It is happening. <laughs> kind of like the Daleks from <laughs> <laughs> Doctor Who. Uh, yes, so I'm looking forward to this. So I'm going, do you know what? I know we normally do a bit of a how you going, what's news. Can I just, I'm going to dive in. Can I dive in? Yeah. I'm I don't really ask- give a shit how you're doing, so let's go. Yes, same. Oh, God, thank goodness, because I couldn't stand another story from you about your life. <laughs> oh, no, super quick check there. How's your arm? How's your broken arm? Yeah, it's it's still it's going good. Okay. It's strong. <laughs> That's good. All right, Aliens, part one. Here we go. So, as I was saying to Dominic, there's too many things to write about for one episode. So I'm just really scratching the surface today. And I wanted to start as I usually do with some pop culture references. Um, I didn't get into the uh, like psychological slash phobia thing, uh, but Mm -hmm. part two will have a bit of that involved with it. Let's just do a bit of an intro today and then we can go deeper next next episode. So pop culture, one of the things that I had to mention, which was my favorite, which was on Halloween morning in 1938, a man named Orson Welles awoke to find himself the most talked about man in America because the night before, Welles and his Mercury Theatre on the air had performed a radio adaptation of H.G. Wells' The War of the Worlds, converting a 40-year-old novel into a fake news bulletin described as a Martian invasion of New Jersey. What made this uh, radio show, if you don't know about it, it's one of my favorite things to, to go into, particularly I'm a drama teacher. I use this as like a, a lesson plan for uh, yeah, podcasting, radio, uh, fake mm. news. It's also a really good topic for fake news. Um, yeah, for those of you that don't know, uh, some listeners when this radio show, this radio play came on, um, they thought it was real. That because it was presented in the way of news bulletins actually, you know, interrupting the music. Um, we're interrupting your programming because we're going to Jimmy at the satellite place who has seen all of this stuff happening over in New Jersey. And because radio broadcasts and radio shows, that was their entertainment. They would sit around the radio yeah. and, and listen to this stuff. And some people were 
legit like, wow, we need to, what's going on? Like, this is scary. They're calling the police. They're calling newspaper officers. They're calling radio stations. Like they were convinced (laughs) that there was an actual uh, invasion. So that was one of my favorite um, little yeah, pop culture ones going back to 1938. You can listen to that whole radio show on YouTube. It's available. And there's yeah. also the the scripts are there and everything. So if you haven't, I recommend it. It's really, really good. Even if you are aware that it's, you know, it's not real. Uh, it's old school theatre for radio. It's amazing. So strongly, strongly recommend it. Yeah. It was so cool. Um, yes. So War of the Worlds, uh, Steven Spielberg then made a movie called the war of the worlds and he kind of went like part sci-fi part disaster movie uh and it's essentially Mm. about an alien invasion but there's no contact made before they just arrive so it's a little bit of a different one you know lots of different films that have aliens in them there's different kind of introductions to them i suppose but yeah, Steven Spielberg's version of War of the Worlds were just like these tripod-looking things and they basically just evaporated humans to take all their nutrients and things. So big, huge, like taller than buildings, zapping everybody, they turn it into dust. Tom Cruise is in it. Don't hold that against him. But, um, yeah, it's it's just one of those things where you kind of think, okay, if these things just appeared – that's out of our control. Like we can't stop something that's just vaporizing everything with its little ray guns. Like that's, that's kind of that same sort of fear we've spoken about heaps with our weather episodes and things like that. But Spielberg's version of war of the worlds is yeah, a bit more kind of disastery, epic-y what would happen if they just turned up type scenario, which I liked. And got straight to business, you know, yeah. none of oh. this. Nah, oh, none no, of this. Yeah. We can't Take me pieces. to your leader. Yeah. Nah. It was just like, pew, pew, we're here, beaches. Yeah. <laughs> um, so Steve directed a couple of other movies as well. He directed a, a sci-fi movie called Close Encounters of the Third Kind, uh, which was very popular. It was in 1977. Uh, he also produced Men in Black. Um, mm-hmm. He directed a, a scene from The Twilight Zone, which was a, a, a movie. Um, And then there was this other indie one not many people have heard of, but he did direct a little movie called E.T., The Extraterrestrial. But it's, as I said, it's Mm -hmm. like it's off off Broadway. It's not super popular. Um, But I was saying to Dom earlier too, the Steven Spielberg-ness of uh, alien films is a whole episode in and of itself. So I could only just mention a couple um, because there's a lot going on there. So I could definitely, yeah, talk about talk about a lot of those. But those were my main kind of um, links to Steve. Um, another film which I haven't seen. and Sorry, I was just going to say, it's funny that you mention all these films because, like, there's lots of true crime movies. There's lots of horror movies. You know, there's so many of these stories, right? And a lot of them are based off of, you know, true stories. And you think about it, there's probably just as many alien movies and alien books and TV shows and all that sort of stuff. So I think it's funny that we haven't done a a story on this already because it's a pretty popular thing that humans want to entertain. Oh, yeah. And I think it's because it's the unknown. It poses a hell of a lot of questions. There's so much potential. It's going back to all those basic fears that you and I talked about at the start of this podcast of things that contradict themselves or our imagination getting away with itself. 
and yeah. you just say, oh my God, it could be anything. It could be as, as, um, you know, benign as ET, or it could be as, you know, horrific as alien. Correct. Right. So anyway, I just, I'm yeah. bringing it back to some fears and phobias, but I think I understand why uh, it's such a popular thing. And I'm glad that we're finally doing an episode oh, on it. So Same. And I, uh, yeah, I literally, it was that almost that deep dive that I, when I was started to get into the pop culture elements and just the links that that has to so many other things that I was researching, I, I had, I knew I'd have to do two parts. I can't put everything in. There's so much more than I thought. And I also realized, I think sci-fi is one of my like, top favorite genres i did Mm. not realize how many movies i've seen that are sci-fi like all of those classics like from spielberg but even like m night Shyamalan, and like all of the films that i never thought of that were sci-fi i love them so it's one of my favorite Mm. genres for sure which i didn't really think about until until this uh but there's one i haven't seen dom i wonder if you have it's got there's two versions of it so a 1960 version and then, like, a 1990s version um, of Village of the Damned. Have you seen? Uh, yeah. I just watched it maybe, like, three weeks ago. Rewatched it, like, three weeks ago. Did you really? Was it the classic, like, black and white one or the reimagined version? Yeah, the classic version. Classic. Yeah. So, apparently, if you're going to watch a film uh, version of it, the classic is the way to go. So, for those that haven't seen it, including myself, um, you would be you would probably be aware if you saw a picture, which we'll post on our socials, but it's of the people, you know, almost like the, the Aryan race vibe, like with the blonde hair, the pale skin, the creepy eyes that light up in the, in the cornfields and that sort of stuff. Um, that's, yeah. that's where that comes from. So it's basically, uh, yeah, aliens propagate the species, um, by, integrating that's a nice way to put it integrating with humans without their (laughs) consent so all the women of a childbearing age suddenly wake up pregnant and give birth at the same time horrendous uh and you have to wonder yeah what happened if somebody you know tried to like get rid of the alien fetus but all of the kids basically end up with a telepathic bond um and then anybody that tries to harm those kids it doesn't end well for them so it's that I, i really like that Firstly, they can just, poof, you're pregnant. Like, good job. Yeah. Well done. You're all having a baby at the same time. Like, that's, that to me is the true horror of this story. Like, don't you dare. i got things to do. I haven't got time for back pain. I haven't got time for swollen ankles. Leave me be. That's horrendous. Um, but, yeah, so Village of the Damned is another one that I want to see. Again, just that variety of how people view these beings or what they can do and it's just people's imaginations are wild i love it yeah. uh so that was my little intro for our pop culture so there are again so many films i did start writing a list but it's it's too many but there you go there's two yeah. so i always like to give you little things you can go ahead and and watch or yeah link to yeah it. and maybe if you're listening to this episode please like when we do all of our week's worth of socials Please share with us your favorite, like alien or a sci-fi inspired movie, book, whatever. We don't care what it is, but share totally. us, share with us what your favorite is because we'd really like to hear it. Yep, one hundred percent. Okay, now I uh, looked up a couple of stories. So there's naturally some famous alien stories. So these are yes. real life. These are uh, you know stories that have. A lot of work has gone into them um, mm-hmm. to try to 
determine what has happened and and everything like that. So today I'm going to share. What happened is. (laughs) (laughs) Um, I'm going to share two stories with you. Okay. The first one I'm going to share with you is about a man, a man, a man, a man named. Amanda. Amanda (laughs) named Granger Taylor. (laughs) <laughs> Granger Taylor is his name. Now, there are a couple of podcasts that I'll link back to a little bit later. You can, this is again, a very quick little going, you know, glossing over the top of these stories, but uh, yeah. I'll, I'll give you a couple of podcasts later. And you, if you want to listen to that story specifically, um, go ahead and you can support these other, other podcasts as well. But Granger Taylor, uh, now he was a 32 year old man. He lived in Duncan in the States and he vanished in 1980. And this is not long after building a life-size model of a UFO in the backyard of his family's farm. <laughs> now, <laughs> Sounds like a catch. <laughs> now this info is from a, um, a column on uh, time colonist website. And it's an article that's entitled what happened to Granger Taylor by Mike Devlin. Again, I've taken some bits and pieces. If you want to read the whole thing, go ahead. Oh. Now in the afternoon following uh, Granger's disappearance, his stepfather discovered a note tacked to his bedroom door, laying out Taylor's plans. On the back of the note was a hand-drawn map of Waterloo Mountain, not far from his family's farm. Now, on that note, it says, Dear Mother and Father, I have gone away to walk aboard an alien spaceship. As recurring <laughs> dreams... <laughs> Stay <Sorry>. with me, dumb. <laughs> <laughs> it's it's so cute the little picture i've got a I, and i'm gonna read it verbatim it's so adorable we'll put it on socials i have gone away to walk aboard an alien spaceship as recurring dreams assured a 42 month interstellar voyage to explore the vast universe then return i am leaving behind all my possessions to you as i'll no longer will require the use of any please use the instructions in my will as a guide to help love granger oh. after that note was discovered Granger has not been seen since. Now, he left behind a will, taking the time to make two alterations before he embarked on his journey. The word funeral was taken out of the will and the word death was replaced by departure. So he changed up the language a little bit. Now, in 1986, truck fragments and bones were found at a blast site on Mount Provost. Though DNA testing was not prevalent at the time, pathology work by the coroner attributed the adult human bones to Taylor. So Granger Taylor. Now, fragments of clothing found amid the decayed material were from a shirt owned by Taylor, as confirmed by his mother, who's since died. The -hmm. fragments matched the fabric of a shirt that she had sewn for him not long before he disappeared. And representatives from the auto division of the RCMP, I assume that's like the... I don't know, RACV, like it is here. But they confirmed that the truck near that site was his. uh, And a report by the BC coroner's office officially declared Taylor dead. And with that, the strange tale of Granger was officially closed. Or was it? (laughs) I was waiting for it. I could just taste it. I I know. You you were going to say it. I was getting there. So one of his friends, so Taylor's friends, disputes the evidence, arguing that it is not conclusive. Others who have never met Taylor have put forward a variety of theories, including that he relocated to Columbia or was kidnapped by the U.S. government to work in Area 51, the remote U.S. airbase that's at the center of alien conspiracy theories. Mm-hmm. 
Plenty has been written about Granger Taylor in the years following his 1980 disappearance, and he's the subject of a healthy amount of online interest. Now, Taylor had a profound effect on many of the people that lived in his, his hometown. So big and burly, he was a grade eight, grade eight dropout, um, but he was mechanically gifted and he taught neighborhood kids the ins and outs of machinery, serving as a mentor. With the neighborhood kids as helpers, he rebuilt locomotives, bulldozers, cars, trucks, even airplanes. So even though he wasn't book smart, he was he was smart in, in, you know, mechanical understanding and was able to build everything and helped all the kids in the neighborhood, which was super duper sweet. Yeah, very gifted, obviously. Yeah, absolutely. Now, Taylor's parents, Jim and Grace, have since died and the farm is now owned by Taylor's sister, Grace Reynolds. It was on this same property that Taylor built the object most often associated with this story, a spaceship, which was constructed from two satellite dishes. His interest in space travel was peaked when Star Wars arrived in 1977 and construction of his UFO-like fortress, complete with a wood stove and bed, began soon after that. So I think that he's probably on the same kind of vein as a lot of people when Star Wars came out. Like, I'm certain that that would have changed people's lives forever. It's just a juggernaut. It is. I don't know how well a wood fire stove would go in outer space, but I can props (laughs) to you. How much? So if you're going on a 42-month journey, how much wood would you need? How much wood (laughs) would a Granger Taylor take if a Granger Taylor did take wood? (laughs) Uh, The fact that you just came up with that on the fly. That was tricky. Mm. I think I've had an aneurysm, but all right. So now, so yeah, Granger Taylor is, it's all in good fun. You know, he builds his UFO. That's fine. But he then built a radio, which he could communicate with aliens. um, And that was based on recurring dreams about alien abduction that he was having. Uh, So when that started happening, people started questioning his well-being a little bit. Mm -hmm. So he's built this radio, he's communicating, he's having these recurring dreams of abduction uh now taylor was um shy he was had a tendency of being a bit socially awkward uh he could be classified as eccentric by some but but that doesn't mean that he was necessarily unhappy Mm. the common sense theory boring uh that ignores (laughs) the (laughs) that ignores the space travel hypothesis however points to the conclusion that he may have committed suicide however um look His mental health was reportedly declining in the months leading up to his disappearance, but there was another article in 2016 um, written by Vice magazine that Taylor was actually taking LSD regularly before he vanished. So it could have been a combo. He could have been, you know, had a bit of a decline in mental health, but he also could have been taking lots of LSD and that's, you know, going to affect his moods and, and how he is to other people, no doubt. It is... For that reason, that some members of Taylor's family who participated in a documentary have given up all hope that he'll ever be found. Let's set the record. Granger's gone. He's dead, said half-brother Joseph Taylor. He did some... (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Brutal. (laughs) Cheers, Joe. Like, (laughs) thanks for backing me up. Uh, Joe also says he did some amazing things. Granger had some challenges. He couldn't deal with those challenges, so he took his life. Okay. That's, that's okay, his... Yeah, Joe's, Joe's... I mean, I'm all for being pragmatic and all that jazz. But, um, yeah, that's... 
I have lots of questions about it, but, you know, mm. I don't think we've got time to dig into the whole thing. It sounds like quite a, quite a tale. <laughs> it is. It's quite a story. It's quite a story. Now, I realise as well, <laughs> when we're sort of I'm going into this, um, you know, I've given some evidence that suggests that it might not have anything to do with aliens and it might not be, you know, quite an alien story. But bear with me. Just just hold on. We're, we're getting there. We're getting there. Uh, now, so his family, you know, not knowing either way. So it's it's at this point not overly conclusive that, you know, his remains were found or that, you know, what exactly had happened. Hmm. So his family decided not to have a funeral, even though he was officially declared dead by the coroner in 1986. Without further data, however, many believe he could still be alive. Ooh. Where Taylor, in the world is... Granger Taylor. Granger Taylor, that's right. Uh, Taylor had made a stop at Bob's Grill near Duncan before journeying to Mount Provost the stormy night of his disappearance. And neighbours reported hearing a loud boom around the time he would have arrived at his destination. This begs Mm -hmm. the question, was it the sound of a UFO leaving Earth's atmosphere? Or the sound of a pickup truck being blown apart by dynamite? Was it the storm? Was it a bad gas <laughs> from Bob's Burgers? What is it? Was, was it one bad gas? Who knows? Um, Taylor had a friend. Now, Taylor's a really good friend. He, he had a conversation with Taylor before Taylor went off on his journey, departed on his journey. And, um, yeah, he had told that friend that aliens... 100% would only arrive if the weather was bad so that they could travel undercover. I, th- I think that's a really solid theory. I think that if there's a thunderstorm, because that would explain lights, it explains loud sounds, you know, people wouldn't think twice. So if they're trying to just sneakily come in and do something and then disappear again, I think that's a good theory. Um, but, you know, also could have been a truck being blown up by dynamite. We'll never know. Uh, the the ongoing fascination with taylor is understandable if there's anyone who could survive an interstellar journey and still be alive today the quick thinking mechanic is a better candidate than most even though filmmakers spent weeks researching the story and shooting interviews for spaceman which was a documentary film for tv the producer said the narrative was left open-ended no one has absolute knowledge about the situation we could not close the book on it definitively. Well, there you go. Yeah. It's, and it's also difficult, and we've come across this on many stories where it might not even got nothing to do with aliens or not, but evidence and being certain of what happens yep. any time probably from about any time before 1980 and even a little bit later. It's just difficult. You just can't say there's always some questions left open. Evidence isn't kept properly. Evidence wasn't taken properly. Mm. All that sort of stuff. So, Yeah, absolutely. Guess, yeah, there's definitely some questions. <laughs> but um, <laughs> So are you saying you don't believe that he was taken or that he went on a journey? Like, is that what you're saying? I don't understand, Dom. <laughs> I think what it is is like, I, and I do this with every story that's ever told. Mm. Like, just because there's lack of evidence isn't evidence that something happened. Yeah. Right. Yes. So my first question is: so what is the evidence that it was an alien? Mm-hmm. There's, you know, 
and I'm not expecting you to have told me the whole entire story because it's too much to, to all go through. Mm-hmm. But, you know, there's no recordings of these aliens that he was speaking to. Like, hello, that's pretty obvious. If, if aliens were calling me on a radio, I'd probably record it to tell okay. other people. Gotcha. There's none of that. This is good. I like this. This can go into our tip section for people. Yeah. Survival tips. So here's one. If an alien calls you, record it first and foremost. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Next like, one. You know, just it's not even survival. It's just like if you want to prove <laughs> that this stuff yeah. happens, like you you have to put you have you need evidence for it. And if yeah. there's no um, weird patterns in the earth or scorch marks from a rocket mm. in the area where they found his body and his mm-hmm. truck, like you know, I just so far I've heard no evidence that it was an alien. Just. Just it, that he was a bit cuckoo, maybe. That, well, that he that, that he was really obsessed with that topic, mm-hmm. but that's that's not enough evidence to suggest, you know, that it is that. I'm not Got making you. myself very clear here. <laughs> no, I think no. What I'm hearing is, I am garbage at writing stories and don't ever include anything like that again. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's like what no, it's, I it just... have to be one of the best stories because. <laughs> It's got everything in it. Like uh, it's... I think, yeah, it has to be that reasonable doubt. And that's what it is. If you can't conclusive, if you can't tell me without a shadow of a doubt, it's, you know, the probable cause, it's the all the classic, you know, law and order terms, uh, there still leaves that little bit, that little tiny 1%. Well, maybe, maybe something did happen. And I like that. That's my favorite part. <laughs> all right. I'm going to introduce you to a new person. Actually, a couple of new people, but this one, he's important because I will talk about him next episode as well. So have you heard of a gentleman by the name of Raymond E. Fowler? I thought you were about to say Raymond E. Feist, who is one of my favorite uh, authors, but no, oh. not not Raymond E. Fowler. Okay. Well, Raymond E. Fowler, also an author. <gasps> so he, oh no, there you go. Uh, so he's an American author and a UFO researcher. He is known uh, for his investigations and books, uh, focusing primarily on UFO sightings and close encounters in the New England area of the United States, including the Betty Andreessen Luca alien abduction case. And he also investigated and wrote about the Allagash abductions, a multiple person abduction case. Today, I will talk to you about the Betty Andreessen Luca alien abduction case. Next week Alrighty. or next episode, part two, I will talk to you about the Allagash abductions. So good to remember Raymond Fowler. Uh, his books, or oh, I'll, t- yeah, I'll talk about it a little bit later. But I have been reading the Andreasen Affair, which I'm just about to go into a bit of detail, and it's it's awesome. It's so cool. Uh, so even if you don't believe, just as a like a sci-fi vibe, yeah. it's awesome. It's really fascinating. So yes, um, Raymond E. Fowler. He's written heaps of books. Uh, on this subject so if it's of interest to you do it you are spoiling the shit out of us like i feel like i'm (laughs) getting multiple episodes in one episode i know and that's the thing as i said you know i wasn't able to um there was no way i could put this into one so i just thought here we go here's a couple of stories um you know and obviously like i'm still pretty hurt that i didn't wow you with my granger taylor lack of evidence (laughs) story so (laughs) (laughs) 
gonna listening be to it wearing back, that for the rest of the year. No, no, no. Listening to it back, I was like, <laughs> if I didn't put like a little bit of mustard on it with my like my vocals, that's just the worst story ever. <laughs> but, but still, it's there, and we put it in. So I hope you enjoyed it. Write into me, please, so I can delete your messages immediately. All right. So. Here we go. Going back to the Andreessen affair. Let's talk about Betty Andreessen, who in 1967 claimed that she experienced an encounter with UFO beings and became the subject of one of the first controversies over the claimed contact with extraterrestrials that engaged. Oh, yeah, I'm losing my will to speak. <laughs> Maybe <laughs> I do. My brain is being abducted. Okay. <laughs> Uh, yes, so it engaged the whole community of UFO researchers. In 1979, Raymond Fowler, our best friend, uh, mm-hmm. wrote the first four books discussing what became known as the Andreessen Affair. Andreessen's story, I mean, it sounds really saucy, but it's, yeah, more so about aliens. <laughs> um, Andreessen's story began on the evening of January 25, 1967, in South Ashburnham, Massachusetts. The lights went out in her home and her seven children, so many, (laughs) her seven children and her parents who were visiting. Yeah, we've got loads of space, mum and dad. Why don't you come come over and just bunk with one of my seven kids? Are you joking? But okay. Um, So they were visiting. They gathered, (laughs) they gathered in, in the kitchen. Now, Betty's dad looked out the window and was attracted by a pink light that was shining. He saw several little creatures, which he thought of as Halloween-like entities. He made a passing note of them, but didn't do anything. The next morning, all appeared to be back to normal, except Andreasen had a strange feeling that something out of the ordinary had happened. Over the next few weeks, she had flashbacks of humanoid creatures and otherworldly and an otherworldly environment. But it wasn't until 1977, so that's 10 years later, when she underwent some hypnosis sessions that the entire story surfaced. It appears that soon after her father saw the creatures, all of the family was placed in a state of paralysis and several small gray beings entered the house and addressed her telepathically. They Mm. took her aboard their spaceship, an action requiring Andreasen to pass through the closed door of her house and to float towards the disc shaped craft. Now, on the on board the ship, so she's kind of gone through this process. She's floated towards the craft. Mm-hmm. On board the ship, she was run through a series of tests that included probes of her body with a needle and the removal of a small object from her head by a needle inserted into her nostril. She next had a visionary experience of travelling into another world where she met a being whom she, a Christian, saw as God. The voice mm-hmm. told her that she was a chosen one. The events aboard the ship closed with a final lecture by an entity earlier identified as you're gonna <laughs> Quasgar. Q-U-A-Z-G-A-A. Quasgar. So Quasgar yeah. told her that she would forget what had occurred for a while, um, but that he and his companions loved humanity and had actually come to help. That humans yeah. yeah. Uh Quasgar was saying that humans needed to study nature to rid themselves of their self-destructive tendencies. They left her with a book, which she examined several days later. But again, she only remembered the book in 1977. So 10 years later. So her complex story uh, mixed elements of what came to be known as UFO abduction accounts with contactee themes of a religious-like mission. 
While UFO investigators would study abductions intensely throughout the 1980s, they avoided contactee accounts because they had previously been denounced as hoaxes or delusions yeah. uh, until a number of the abductee stories began to add contactee-like content to their investigations. So mm-hmm. as her full story unraveled, Andreasen told a series of encounters with the saucer entities that went back to her childhood. So she's got a lot kind of going on and she's telling these stories. Um, they're coming back to her, particularly through hypnosis sessions, um, which is a whole other, you know, kettle of fish. Uh, mm-hmm. But in 1978, so a year after she had recalled that, you know, initial encounter, um, she married Bob Luger. She settled in Connecticut, uh, where her home became the scene of a variety of psychic and unusual occurrences. Luca himself would undergo hypnosis uh, to tell a similar set of encounters to those already described by his new bride. New experiences continued into the 1990s. The Andreasen affair was integrated into the whole study of abductions during the 1980s, a study that continues today. So they started in the 1980s. It's still going now. They are still compiling stories. They're still compiling accounts of what people have gone through. Uh, And even though a number of leading UFO researchers have gone on record as believing the abduction stories, their work has yet to produce consensus of what many would see as hard evidence. So, Mm -hmm. you know, researchers have gone and said, I believe it for sure, but they struggle to, yeah, have that kind of recorded phone conversation or the pictures and stuff like that. Um, The final evaluation of the Andreasen encounters awaits final resolution of the issue of abductions Skeptics, ugh, boring, have mm-hmm. offered had ver- <laughs> have offered variant explanations from lying, which is their least credible hypothesis, to subconscious fantasy. So if they just go, "Oh, she's lying," that's not really in the community is not really uh, held in high regard because um, yeah. it's just not not as credible. Uh, Andreasen has continued to integrate her experiences, which she sees as evidence of the government of God over the world into her Christian beliefs. Mm. So Betty is all over it. And it was more of a positive uh, kind of interaction, I believe, that she's had, Uh, which is good. You know, that makes me feel better about it, I guess, in that sense that they didn't have that evil vibe. Yeah. I mean, I, you know, despite how it may appear... I do listen and read a lot of these accounts and these abduction stories. I genuinely am fascinated purely from like a research and scientific perspective. Like what are people saying? All that sort of stuff. Because I want you to make a believer out of me. I want to be convinced. Um, But they often have that sort of negative darkness element to it. And it's not that it never happens, but it's nice to hear, you know, Oh, you're good. You're the chosen one. Um, I'd love to know where her book has gone, um, this book yes. that she was given. Yep, um, true. So, you know, is she like the new – is she Jesus? Is she Jesus 2.0? Like, Th- Well, that's right. Me. What is – exactly. What is the book? What's the what's the vibe? What is it? So in the um, Andreasen Affair, the book, there's lots of little illustrations in there too. So it does um, – yeah, it, it does show pictures of, for example, what the aliens look like, the little creatures. Mm-hmm. It has got that classic alien 
vibe. They've got kind of the yeah. egg-shaped head, so the big top head. They've got like the cat-like eyes. Um, but Betty was saying as well that the cat-like eyes, they kind of slanted upwards and they didn't like blink, but they would sort of flick upward, up, upwards and downwards. Like it was quite, quite bizarre. Mm-hmm. They had like three thick fingers and no mm-hmm. fingernails. That was their hand. Like it was just like a, yeah, that kind of, they wore um, like uniforms. So they had a, a sash. Um, yeah. And these kind of cool uniforms with the kind of extended shoulder pads and that kind of, mm. kind of thing. Uh, yeah. And it's, it's really interesting because they do, put even like put pictures of what the hand looked like when it was handing the book. And Betty had an interaction where she actually handed a Bible to the leader. Um, and then the leader held that Bible and then all of a sudden all the other, cause there was quite a few of them. They all of a sudden had that, the Bible in their hands. Like it just sort of appeared in all of their hands from the leader holding onto it. Mm. Um, and it's just all of these accounts that I just find really, fascinating and it is uh a lot of the information and and the passages that are shared in the book are from uh hypnosis sessions so it's Mm. you know the stream of consciousness it's the doctor asking questions it is uh yeah added in then with the pictures and things like that um and it's really cool really really cool so if as i said even if you don't believe uh it's just cool so (laughs) just check it out i love it yeah, I will definitely read the book. I'm, I'm very fascinated because I feel like you're not you're not allowed to be a skeptic. You have no right to be a skeptic unless you actually go through and listen to everything. You have you to. Sure. Be, yeah, right? you got I feel you, like you've got to get a lot of info for sure. Yeah, you can't just chalk it up to X Y Z without hearing these out. So, I, that's why I try and ref, not make or pass judgment until I, you know, I've done my homework, my research or, yeah. or whatever. But um, if you've got a book, I will definitely read it. For it sure. I can pass it on. Yeah. And I wanted to shout out to Jade as well, my friend. She was able to get that book for me. Um, so thank you for that. Uh, even though she self-proclaimed that she does not listen to this podcast that much. So really, <laughs> uh, it's her own fault for missing her <laughs> shout out. <laughs> but Jade, if you listen to this part, uh, thank you for getting me the Andreasen affair and also sending me a list of, you know, 50 other books that I was able to look at. But I thought, Do you know what? That's, that's a few too many. <laughs> um, in addition to the book, uh, there's also a podcast. So podcast that I mentioned earlier that I wanted to, mm. um, share with you. So, uh, Betty Andreasen, you can go into, there's a lot of detail, but Uh, There's a podcast called The Secret Transmission Podcast and they have an episode uh, on Betty Andreessen. It's episode number 92. It's called Betty Andreessen, so you can always just search that up, but that's The Secret Transmission Podcast. And Mm -hmm. another pod called The Supernatural Podcast with Ashley Flowers uh, does a standalone episode on the Granger-Taylor disappearance or the mystery of Granger-Taylor. So next... Alien episode. Aliens part two, I will be talking yep. about the Allagash abductions, uh, which is a group of people. Um, yeah. Secret transmission podcast also do an episode on that. So I'm I don't very know. excited by that one. Yeah, I think that that's going to be unreal. Uh, so, I mean, for today, Granger Taylor, Betty Andreessen, we had yep. a little more time towards the end than I thought we might have, but I didn't want to go too far over. 
So that's my right. epi for today. Kate, I love it. I'd love to know like your personal, because you've done, obviously just done a bunch of reading and lots of research. So like, it's how, what, what are your thoughts and feelings, your opinions on this topic? Like no judgments, just curious sure. where you sit and stand on it. I sit in the place where it's just that little, you know, 1% to 10% of there's something else. There's something yeah. out there. There is definitely, I, I can't comprehend that there's not. I just think that there's got to be. I, you know, I, I really have that, that feeling that so many weird things happen and it can be difficult to explain and you put it down to just, you know, wrong place at the wrong time or, geez, that was good luck or that was bad luck or I don't know. Mm. I just think that there is another galaxy out there. I think there's another universe out there. And I think that there's people that, you know, might look just like you and I, or maybe they look a bit different and they're talking about the same thing right now and they're in a completely different place. That's where I'm at. That's what I think. I like that. What about you? Yeah, I'm I'm, I'm exactly the same. I would say like just scientifically on law of averages, there has to be some form of life out there. I don't buy into the saucer disc gray <laughs> three finger aliens that all look the same and come down and probe human beings. I, you know, the, the, the classic tropes of it all. I don't yep. think that's how it would unroll un, you know, unvelop in front of us. Yeah. But yep. I would definitely say that there's something out there for absolute sure. Um, I think so too. Which is why, like I said, I want to be convinced. I want actual evidence. Um, And that's why my ears prick up when you ever hear those, like, release documents of unexplained sightings of things. Because I'm like, you know, I'm not a conspiracy theorist. I don't think the government's hiding all this crazy stuff or anything like that. Yeah. But surely there's things that, that have been reported and witnessed and have gone through rigorous unbiased scientific review that may, you know, they'd be closer to legitimate evidence than someone in a streamliner in the middle of the desert who yeah. drinks ayahuasca. So takes ayahuasca and, <laughs> you know, it's just that- like, I got three of them in the back of the ute. <laughs> Come have a look. Uh, Come have a look at my aliens. Yeah. I got you. Yeah. Yeah, I agree. I would love to hear from people that are, yeah, that are listening. Jump on our socials and tell us, do you believe? Are you believe? Are you a believer? What do mm. you believe in? Like, what do you what do you think? Aliens legit? Was this story yeah, maybe, BS? Yeah, you might even have a better, like, excuse me. <coughs> it's an oh, alien. Bless you. <laughs> Spelling itself. Um, <laughs> an alien with inside my nose. <laughs> they may have others like there's so many stories so if you have a story too i'd love to hear it Mm. um because i've never heard either of the granger taylor story or the i i want to say ayahuasca (laughs) (laughs) the ayahuasca affair the andreasen affair (laughs) the andreasen affair um but i'd never heard of them before and they're two very different stories for very different reasons right yep um but if you've got one, send it through because this topic, aliens, is something oh, we it'll go obviously forever. have to revisit. Yeah. Yeah. 
And I think, yeah, I think I'll get a little bit deeper into the movie side of things for the next step. It's just too much. There's just too much to do. So I'll add that. And then, as I said, the Allagash abductions, they are, they're some good ones. I like those ones. So I look forward to sharing that with you. Kate, I literally had so much fun this episode. Thank you for... (laughs) You being so gutsy and tackling probably one of the hardest topics. Um, hats off to you. That was a really It's fun definitely tricky. Funny. Yeah. <laughs> it's definitely tricky. So much to do, but I had a lot of fun. And, yeah, we'll add some more stuff in for the next one. I cannot wait to share that with you. <laughs> Yay. All right, folks. Yay! See you next week. See you next week. Bye, guys. Bye. No, that's not X-Files music. That's a wrap. Big shout out to everyone for tuning in to Shit and Bricks. Don't forget to subscribe, rate and review us. Plus, you can find extra little nuggets on our socials. Next week, we'll be back talking more shit, so do not forget to tune in. And remember to wipe, flush and wash your hands. Goodbye. Goodbye.